Well, hey, everybody, and welcome to the very first installment of the Messy Table podcast. I'm Jen Jewell, and honestly, I'm just excited that you clicked that little play button and are here listening. So you might be wondering, why am I calling this the Messy Table? Because for me, that's where real life happens. That's where we gather, where we feast, where we laugh, sometimes cry, where my kids do homework and share highs and lows from the day. It's where we talk about the hard stuff and the good stuff. So whether you're at your own messy kitchen table right now, or maybe you're creating something at your desk, or huddled over a plate of pastry crumbs in your local coffee shop, just know we're in this together. And my dream for this podcast is for us all to come as we are with our real imperfect selves and hear from some incredible, amazing, and yes, equally imperfect women, which is one of my favorite things anyway, and allow their unique stories and gifts and struggles and experiences to point us all back to God. I know we could all use the daily reminder. So today, I get to introduce to you my first guest, who happens to be one of my very best friends, because, well, that's who gets sucked into these things when you try something new. And because she's just awesome. Latanya Pratt is one in a million, part sweet, part spicy. She's a pastor's wife, a mom of three boys, four and under, a girl boss in the corporate world, a true friend, one of the trendiest mamas I know. She's usually in stilettos. I'm usually in yoga pants. So we probably complement each other quite well. I know that you'll love hearing from her today, but more than that, you will leave encouraged. Hey friend, welcome to The Messy Table. Thanks for braving these uncharted waters with me today. Thank you for having me. (laughs) So it doesn't have to be perfect because it is The Messy Table. So if we hate it, we can just, you know. Start over. Yeah, or just. Not do it. Go to coffee. (laughs) No. (laughs) We'll be done. Well, I gave a quick overview about you, um, but I would love for you to share in a little more detail just about you and your life and your boys. Well, LaTanya Pratt, I am, oh gosh, I am a pastor's wife. I work at Stryker Sports Medicine, Human Resources. My husband is Ken Vaughn. He works for Life Church. We are complete opposites. He is definitely the quiet strength, I guess we would say, of the family. Bahamas accent, so when he is mad, you do know. Um, nothing comes out like it should. And then I have Colden. He's four. He's sweet and innocent, but a little sneaky. We have a three-year-old Kaizen fireball. I was pregnant with him when my mom passed away, and I feel like she gave me a gift. Like, she gave it to me before she left. He is a fireball. I love it. the king of fireballs. And then we have baby crew, who we never thought we were going to ever have, and he's the baby who's loves people. He just lays on me and hugs and snuggles. And he just turned one, November. So, so I feel like family. that I'm partly responsible for a crew. Is I'll that okay? that to you. I'll because you, you were headed to Mexico. And I'm pretty sure I said, um, <laughs> yes. hey, will you bring, bring, me, back bring me back a souvenir? <laughs> yes. And you came home pregnant with crew. I remember when I told you about being pregnant with crew. You were so sweet and supportive. I didn't want to so pretty much me and God. And, you, you know, God, and Ken Vaughn. Kind of you guys who are responsible. <laughs> I was going to name him um, Jen. That would be awesome. Yeah, that's true. So can you do an um, impersonation of your husband's Bahamian voice? Because it's the best. It depends on mad. So when he's mad, for example, um, anything that has to do with a budget. 
Caroline's <laughs> passionate about. So, so give like, us an hey, example. babe, I came home, I went, and I found all the boys' Easter outfits for the next two years, and they were on <laughs> sale. What do you mean you got them? I'm like, oh gosh, you're mad. I don't know what you're saying, but you're mad. Uh, and it's loud, and he's never loud. And then he's just quiet. the whole t- After he says what he has to say, he, he says nothing else. I love you guys. And we keep the outfits. So we have known you guys for almost a decade, which is crazy. It really is wild. I, I can't believe it. So I was thinking about um, when we first met, and, well, two things came to mind. The first one, I was thinking about how literally the first time we met, I felt like the clouds parted, (laughs) and we were just meant to be friends. But then I felt like everyone thinks that they're best friends with you because you just have that personality. No, yes. And so I was like, oh, oh, okay. So anyway. I remember that we met at church yes and in the um, lobby in the lobby mm-hmm. and you were like hey um we're gonna start a life group and if you want to come you can totally come and I was just like look at them being so sweet we look lost babe like, we look lost <laughs> and I meant it I really wanted to, we yeah, were starting you, a group you sent me an email it was perfect timing and you text me to follow up so I knew you really did want to come. so I, <laughs> I felt meant it. so I felt so loved <laughs> it was meant to be and then the second thing I thought about um whenever we first became friends, is when you taught me to drop it like it's hot at the bowling alley. I'm so proud of that. I'm so proud of that. Drop it fast. (laughs) Slide up. Yes! And dip. I like it. My husband still thanks you for that. So... Send me the bill later. Yeah. So, all right. So, you wear a lot of hats in life. You're a working mom. You have three young boys. You are super involved at church. You work out. You, I mean, I feel like you always just are um, involved in so much. And so, how um, do you balance kind of your work life? And family, and I know that balance is a myth. It's not an actual real thing that we can achieve. But practically speaking, how do you make it all work? How do you make um, just all your ducks kind of get in a row and make it all happen? Well, um, one thing about me is I'm just perfect. So <laughs> no, not at all. Like of course, not at all. Of course. But I realize it's funny because I always think of work-life balance. And mm-hmm. when I thought of it before, um, I thought about when I got married to Ken Vaughn and. I just had this idea that marriage was going to be me and my apron, and I'm going to be cooking dinner in an apron really? with a duster. I and never, just like, I never pictured myself doing that. <laughs> really? That's what I thought. I was like, baking cookies for my husband. And then I quickly realized, like, that's not married life. And then you get pregnant, and you're just like, ah. I'm going to rock my son to sleep every night. We're going to pray. <laughs> and then I'm going to like whisper a little lullaby and he's going to go to sleep. Right. And that didn't happen either. And then he's shooting you with bow and arrows. Right. And, mm-hmm. and farting in my face. Because mm-hmm. that's typically mm-hmm. what mm-hmm. we do now. Um, the loudest fart wins. But nice. I realized that life is not a balance. It's right. not what you think of where one side is work, one side is life, and then they have to be equal. Mm-hmm. Because I thoroughly believe that anything that's worth having or worth Worth doing, you're going to have to sacrifice. Right. So you're going to have to work for it. Mm-hmm. So if I want to be successful in life, I think God created me. Um, our church, they do a lot of investment in us as spouses right. and in our husbands. So I took the strengths finder, mm-hmm. and my strengths are achiever, 
and competition. Mm -hmm. That's how God made me. So when I go to work and when I go into the workplace, I go in there to be the best, to achieve something, to make a difference. At home, I go in to do the best for my family, to achieve the best for my family, and God made me that way. Right. And so at first I thought that I would have to give up everything on one end in order to be successful on the other end. And what I realized is there's no such thing as Mm work-life balance. It's a blend. Mm -hmm. So my husband supports me in what I do at work. So there are some times where it's like Chick-fil-A, we go through the line, they know us. People literally (laughs) are like, is Colton back there? Like Chick-fil-A again. Or, um, and then there's some moments I'm literally in my apron making dinner like I had imagined. But all of it comes from understanding that I can't be perfect, I'm not perfect, knowing that God created me for more, and um, just being patient with myself and being patient with others. Mm -hmm. And I think that's kind of what's helped me go make it this far right now. I won't say I have it together, but I definitely am in a better spot. Mm -hmm. That's so good. And when you talked about your strengths, don't you think that sometimes we almost categorize, we think like, okay, well, these strengths that I have, they're going to be used in the workplace or they're going to be used... um, in whatever way that we've envisioned, whenever really God has given us those, given us those gifts that can be taken into your motherhood and into, um, I don't know, wherever it is that we are really, and using those same kind of strategies and and thoughts. um, That's so true. To just flourish everywhere and not just in that one particular area, which I honestly, I see you using those things everywhere. I truly do. And at church too. Mm -hmm. So um, the achiever part of me is whenever my husband was working on an actual campus, I wanted him to be successful. So if that meant that I was, you know, doing introductions or I'm getting people plugged into his ministry as well, like everything I did, I did it at a hundred percent, which causes burnout at the end of the day. Sure. Um, Lots of coffee, and (laughs) you tend to seem like you're going crazy. And I think that when I was telling you about that book, Present Over Perfect, I remember the moment that I started reading that book, and I realized I needed it. Mm -hmm. I was on social media. I'm so busy, but I had time to be on Facebook. Of course, all of us. Um, (laughs) I had so much time on Facebook. And I saw someone post a quote that said... um, Living a happy life is getting rid of the people and things that get on your nerves. I'm like, amen. Like, I'm sending the kids. I'm taking a job. Like, it is over. I'm getting rid of everything. Then I realized, like, no, that's that's probably not going to happen. And anyhow, I realized it came from a book called President Over Perfect by uh, Shauna Nequist. Which pretty much rocked your world, right? Rocked my world. I left my job of nine years. I feel like she should listen to you say this. Shauna, you rocked my world. (laughs) (laughs) Literally, she (laughs) rearranged her life because of this book. So tell us a little bit about that. Well, I read, I was reading a book. I Actually, I say reading it, but I bought it on Audible because I don't, I don't know if I'm just a mover, but I can't sit down and just read a book. So, so I also listen to President Over Perfect on Audible. Good. So, and I love it. I have a love-hate relationship with it because I'm a highlighter and I'm a take, I take a lot of notes. Right. And so I loved it and I loved that she read her own book um, and so that we got to really hear her voice, her, her perspective. Her heart too. Yes. I, yeah, you could hear the emotion when she was reading yes. certain things. But I hate that um, afterwards I would think, oh, 
what exactly did she say there? And I wanted to go back, and so now I, I need to go buy it. I went and bought the book, too. So I, I heard it on Audible. Because at <laughs> you first, did both. I, was, I did. At first, I was like, uh, listening to a book on Audible, this is this is the easy way out. But like you said, she was the one reading it. Mm -hmm. So I felt like she was talking to me. And when I was, when I was beginning the book, I was in the middle of planning a baby shower for a friend, a really close friend. So her husband asked me to plan a baby shower for her. I was planning a baby shower for someone who was maybe more of an acquaintance. I had a project to do at work. My husband was working on campus on during that time on on a campus and they had just had another service added to our weekend and of course I want to be there because my husband is there and right. I just started thinking my life is falling apart I had an attitude my husband literally said to me quit your job because I was so stressed and on top of that normal stuff you know laundry living dishes life. right helping your kids survive and have clean underwear and helping myself survive and have Absolutely. clean underwear <laughs> So true. You, so we're at my house right now um, recording this, and there's actually a stack of clean underwear sitting I saw that when I right there. In. So I was like, we are besties. That's real life. You know, it's fine. I don't care. And Eric's underwear, too. Derek's sorry. Drops, I'm just <laughs> but that's what my life looked like. It looked like the laundry room. All, right. Like, that's how I felt. And um, I remember just driving to work thinking, why I should just quit today. Today's the day I should quit. Why am I doing this? Why am I so tired? And she was talking about how we have an inner circle and an outer circle. Mm -hmm. And when she started speaking about the inner circle, which would be our family and our best friends, our closest friends, it made me realize that I was planning a shower for my best friend that I really wanted to give 100% to. But because I was being pulled in other directions, planning a shower for an acquaintance who would probably be on my outer circle. So you were planning two showers? Yes, at oh, the same okay. time. Gotcha. So one was a best friend and one was an acquaintance. Yes. And... Then I also was planning things for work, and I realized that my job and people that I worried about how they viewed me because, like, oh, well, her husband works for the church. She definitely right. could do this for us. I was giving them more attention than the people who really deserved it and who really needed it. Mm -hmm. And my family, they were getting the tired, angry, frustrated, The leftovers, sassy, basically. The leftovers. The leftovers. And, like, meatloaf. Like, leftover meatloaf. Like, bad leftovers. <laughs> I actually like meatloaf. That's disgusting. So. <laughs> I like meatloaf. It's fine. And I like leftovers. I still love you. Because I don't have to do dishes that night. It's great. Now, that's a good idea. Yeah. So, but. You won. You won on that no. one. No. <laughs> but, um, I also think that when I, I read the opening of present over perfect, mm -hmm. perfect, what she meant by that, and it said, present over perfect Quality over quantity, relationship over rushing, people over pressure, and meaning over mania. Right. I literally felt like I was everything on the right side. Mm -hmm. um, it was about being perfect. It was about having everything possible, every moment filled to, to feel like I've achieved something, right. to feel like I was winning. I was rushing everywhere. Literally, we were on our way to church, and I said a curse word. Like, how are you preparing to pray and praise the good Lord. <laughs> and what comes out of your mouth? It always happens on Sunday mornings, word. right? Like, who does that? And then... Kids, get in the car. I know. We're going to go worship Jesus. <laughs> and, then, and then, like, the D word. You're like, mm, <laughs> how do you say that? Um, and that's when I... Another cue, probably, that I should do something different with my life. So what did you do? I read the book. Then I quit my job. 
I, I gave a two-week notice, and of course, the people <laughs> what did they ask me. Why, why are you quitting? Well, I read this book. No, I didn't tell them that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I uh, read a book. They told me to quit my job and everything else that was um, stressing me out, and so that's what I did. I got rid of everything that was stressing me out. You were one of them, and I gave a two-week notice, <laughs> and of course, in good LaTanya fashion, um, it was supposed to be a two-week notice. I ended up staying a month after because they asked me to before I gave and my notice. Let me just add, you were really stressed about, not about quitting your job because you felt so confident it was the right move, but you you hate letting people down. I did. It, I literally, I was having nightmares leading up into telling my boss that I was giving a notice. Right. I stood in the mirror one night practicing how I would say it. And it was so funny because I was like doing the influx of tone. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry. No, 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 no. <laughs> I am so sorry. I'm like, mm, the hands, the hands bring it out. So I was devastated because I did. I didn't want to let down my team. I didn't sure. want to let up my company <clears throat> or, of course, putting others above me and my family, my inner circle. But I finally right. did it. And it's funny because I did it. I made a choice where I'm working at home. I work mm-hmm. remote. So... I make my own schedule. I'm able to be here with you today on a Wednesday morning, so that's awesome. But I even started off this job thinking, well, since I work from home, people are automatically thinking that I'm sitting in front of my couch watching TV. So I made it my business to check in. So I'm checking in. I'm sending emails. I'm letting everyone know that I'm working and I'm alive. And I'm, <laughs> then I'm like, wait a minute. This is not why I you don't have this to job. Do I don't have to do that. Literally, my boss was like, hey, I don't know where you came from but you don't have to check in with me we'll just do a one-on-one on Mondays for like 30 minutes that's good. that's so great so you have a lot of more time especially Absolutely. in the mornings and after yes. your boys are out of school yes um just to be with them and you're not rushing because I know before you said that your schedule in the morning and in the evenings or at least crazy getting, was pretty intense crazy I literally woke up at 4 30 I would go to the gym after I left the gym I would come home and take a shower or some right. sort of running through water and then I, I did that just throw water on throw my water face. on my face basically and like tried to make myself look like I was like damp and then um my children getting them ready and of course they can sense when you're stressed out absolutely so everyone's running around the house like a mad person and I would try to get to work at 7 45 in my desk looking professional and normal right and it I hated my job because I had to get there at that time. My children were eating breakfast in the car out of a plastic bag. So we can only imagine what that is. And I was missing those moments of talking to them about giving them their daily affirmation like I do now. Like, today's going to be an awesome day. How are you going to make a difference? How are you going to affect yeah. Harper, whoever that is? And you're and an so, encourager, for sure. So <laughs> That was me. You are. That's you me. are. So well, I, I think that. that this book definitely challenged me. Um and probably anyone who will read it. And it really, if you haven't read the book and you're just listening today, um, you know, I challenge you to quit something. So it might not be your job. I know that's pretty extreme. <laughs> but, um, you know, I think that we do live in this world of just rushing and busy and planning and going. And and it's almost a badge of honor, you know? Yes. You feel like, well, I feel more important whenever yes. I'm doing something that I have deemed important. Um, and so I think for me, a lot of the things that I read during this book made me think of how perfectionism really equates to control and really yes. 
even, I hate to say it, but manipulation. And so I think sometimes, even today, you know, I woke up this morning and had some drainage and my throat kind of hurt and I sound, sounded more raspy than normal. And I thought, oh, maybe I don't want to do this today. Um, you know, and then it's like, no, who cares? We're going to do, yeah. And, and who cares if my voice is a little bit off? It doesn't, it doesn't matter, you know? And so I think a lot of us have control issues and just trying to, um, make our life the way that we picture it but then sometimes we miss out on the beauty that is our actual life yes you know and when you think about it present over perfect so in order to when you think of perfect and I think of my family I'm like I want strong men that are on fire for God that are honest and full of integrity Mm -hmm. well they don't wake up on fire for God right. with integrity. It, it is basically a, a whole bunch of small steps of me being present and my husband being present in their life to make sure that not quite perfection, but what God has called them to be, that they're able to hit that mark oh, because gosh, of so true. what we've done up until then. Well, and sometimes being present is saying, is being there to say, mommy said that wrong. I didn't use a very good tone and yes. I'm sorry. Sometimes yes. that's the lessons that not only do we need to, as adults yes. hear from each other, but definitely our kids need to hear. And so it's Absolutely. not, it's not, um, being present to create a perfect life. It's right. picking that over perfect and saying, no, just who we really are yep. with our imperfections, with our flaws, where we have to say our sorry and where we have to sometimes just sleep it off because we are just exhausted and every, <laughs> everybody needs to sleep sometimes, needs you know? Sleep yep. I also like the part where she was speaking of, um, what profits a man to gain the world let yet uh, forfeit their soul? Right. And growing up in the church, you will hear scriptures and you can quote them, but they may not really have a meaning to you. Mm-hmm. So I thought about that as a child. I thought, oh, that's just someone who is telling everyone about Christ and then, you know, they don't have a close relationship with them or whatever that right. is. And she broke it down to where... We are gaining the world. So as we were talking about our strengths, my number six strength is woo, winning others over. So I have all you got of that woo friends, girl. Whatever. Beyonce. <laughs> my Beyonce. <laughs> my inner my inner girl, Beyonce. Um, I love people mm-hmm. and I everyone is my friend. Everyone is my friend. Literally, I just left Target. This lady took my phone number and we are so she's gonna meet me at the gym. Didn't this happen the last time you went to Target? No, Where were you? I was at Target, and I did meet someone else. Yeah, I met a sweet friend. See? A sweet friend at Target. I'm telling you, this is why when we first became real friends, <laughs> not I was true. so excited, and then I kind of was like, wait, are we real friends, That's or am I just true. one of those ones who thinks that I'm one no. of her best friends? <laughs> no. Because everyone loves Latanya. Well, that's sweet. I'll take that because I, I love I love people. You do, and you really do. And you I love, love mm-hmm. like you said before, I love making sure that I'm the responsible one and I'm not letting them down. So here I am gaining the world. I have all of these friends, and on the inside, right, the friends that I'm doing the most for, which would be my outer circle, they're not feeding into me like sure. my close friends and my close family would. Right. And I'm losing myself trying to make people happy that truly don't even and care And we just about can't me. do it all. I mean, we can't. that's one thing that I feel like the older I get, the more I just realize how limited I am. I mean, that's true. I only have, and we all know this, I only have so much time. I only have so many resources. I only have so much energy. Yes. I only have so many, and, and we need to maximize those times. But sometimes maximizing it means being able to rest and be with the people that matter most. That's true. Yep, for sure. And 
I think that moves into like when I talk to you all the time about my parents, maximizing time. If I think about my parents and those moments I had with them, if I could really think about how now they're just memories, how would I maximize that time with them? So let's clarify real quick before we get into that. So right. um, Latanya lost both of her parents, grew up in a really close family, really close to her family, um, oh. lost both parents a few years ago to cancer in the in a really short amount of time, also had a miscarriage. Right. Um, and so really heavy stuff. Um, and I... I you know, I feel like everyone should have a friend that you can talk about death with. Have to. And you're that friend. Um, you know, it's not even weird to us. I feel like we've both experienced tragedy in our life. And so I feel like that sometimes you just need to have that person that you can just, man, that you can just talk about death with. Literally cry about it and then laugh and then come back. Right. And also, like you always do, like whenever my husband's been gone for a few hours, I'm like, Jen... I think it's this is his time. The Lord got him this time. <laughs> False alarm. He's home. They're <laughs> you know, like, my friend. I can do that with. Right. But moving, like you said, moving, talking about present over perfect, I think it applies to so many different mm-hmm. parts of our life. So my parents, I remember being in college and I was coming home all the time and spending time with them. But then that small gap of time when you are a newlywed, mm-hmm. all of a sudden your life shifts to where other things become important. Sure. That's not okay, but they do. And literally well, it's a kind year of okay. After, I mean, yes, your new husband, husband is, should be yeah, right. should be my two. Leave your life. Maybe I was No, I'm with you. I'm with you. But um I remember <laughs> it was a year after my husband we had her we got married a year later. My dad is diagnosed with cancer. And during that time, I was waking up every morning praying for my family. So I was shocked when he was diagnosed with cancer because when you're praying for your family and their health, you know, that's not supposed to really happen. So then I said, awesome, this is God's way of perfecting our faith as a family. We haven't really had anything huge rock us. So that's what was going to happen. So my life group family, they came around me. I remember everyone fasted. At that age, fasting was a big deal because, you know, I don't miss any meals. So fasting was a big deal. So I'm like, we're all fasting for the day. We're praying for my dad. My mom, I mean, my dad is saying scripture every morning. My mom is praying with him. This is going to be great. And then he dies. Literally, I'm in the room looking at my dad when he dies. I remember he took his last breath and I said to the doctor, He's trying to tell me something. And the doctor was like, I, I really wish he was trying mm. to tell you something. Of course, that's how my life is. Just confident. Um, no med degree. And I'm, he's trying to talk to me. No, he wasn't. He was saying his last breath. And I was in the room with him. Mm. And I just remember thinking like, man, my dad, like, this is it. That's it. Everything that I could have, every moment I could have spent with him over the last year, I chose something else. Well. You know, and. And I don't want that to be with my kids. I don't want sure. that to be with my husband because we are just a mist. We are just a mist. That's right. And then after that, um, literally a month later, we were pregnant. And a month after that, I had a miscarriage. Mm-hmm. The crazy thing is, I don't think I had as much 
grief with the miscarriage as a lot of people had because I just lost right. my dad. So I think it was just one big bundle of conf- a confusion of like, why would that happen? This was the life that was to replace my dad. Like I always had right. a plan. Right. And that's probably why things didn't go the way that I thought they were. Is because whenever you have a plan, God is just <laughs> laughing like, she's crazy. Well, I, re- I, I remember just as your friend, I mean, seeing you go through all this. And I do I do agree that I think it was all kind of wrapped into one lump of just, you know, um, of heartbreak. Yes. And it was your first child that you were pregnant right. with. Right. So you, you know, had I just, and at the time, I remember you saying, um, obviously, once you've gone through something like that, people come out of the woodwork and you meet all kinds right. of people that have had miscarriages. But I remember at the time you saying, I don't even know anyone that's had a miscarriage. Exactly. And here I am, my dad just died, and I think that we're blessed with a gift from God, a baby, and then that's taken from us. What else? And it's funny how fast you make plans. So as soon as we were pregnant, I was like, we're going to have a little boy. We're going to name him Charles after my dad. He's going he's gonna to have the same personality as my dad. And I just plan. Right. We do plan. that. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, that wasn't it. But I do have three boys now, right. so, you know, God... Definitely decided to bless me abundantly. So then your mom passed away. Well, that's another plan. Not too long after that. So we have the miscarriage. My dad dies. And I'm like, my mother and I, we are going to, I'm going to be her right hand. Right. We are going to be the best of friends. She's going to move in with us. When we do have children, we have a living babysitter. We're going to be best friends. Mm -hmm. Do you know my mother was 50 years old, lived a life for Christ, and waits until she's 50 for me to have to pick her up from the jail for cutting up in McDonald's. <laughs> I said, the Lord is hilarious right now. But of course, I guess the cancer had moved to her brain. Right. And she was a different woman. Right. She was not the mom that I had grown up with that was in my corner, that was at every track meet. I didn't know who she was. Right. And that was the hardest thing for me that in her last two years of life, she was not even my mom. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't, I feel like I didn't even know who she was. Well, and I think in that we have to remember, yes, that the cancer had gone to her brain and had warped yes. some different things. And so just knowing that, you know, who she, who she really is and was, is who you had with you all of those years, you know, once Absolutely. the cancer was in her brain, it did change some things, but that doesn't mean that, um, her soul was Absolutely. any different. And it's funny because she was always feisty, always. But I tell you, it's like, have you seen those commercials? Like, this is your brain, this is your brain on drugs. <laughs> this is Edith. This is Edith with cancer. Right. Like, she That's not, totally was different. a thug. And I feel like even though that was my mom, here I am now, I'm, I will be talking to my boys and I'm like, I am Edith right mm-hmm. now. And I think those are the little moments that God will give us just a little whisper that I'm still here. Your mom was an amazing woman. Those last two years, that was not her. I know where her soul is. I know where she lies. I know that I will get to see her again. Um, but I tell you, when you're going through it, you do question. I'm like, is this God's will? Did so I how, do something? So how did you? How did you? I mean, I know I walked with you through it, but just from your perspective, how did you get through it? And how are you still getting through it? Because those are all tough questions that we all ask. Um, really, when it comes down yes. to it, kind of the meaning of life and what are we really here for and what does this um, 
mean whenever we go through a, a difficult tragedy like that? How did you get through it? One of the main thing our one of the main things that our church really push is a life group. And we are not meant to go through this life alone. Mm -hmm. And I've heard it, but I've lived it. Right. So throughout all of those moments, the people that I spoke to about it, that encouraged me, that uplifted our family, they were my life group. So I would fall into the word, literally reading. I was searching for hope. It was crazy. I literally just read that Bible as if it was medication. Mm -hmm. And then I would talk to my friends. I Literally, you all kept me from, and I say it, I really feel like I would have had a mental breakdown if I didn't have my, my life group around me. And I know that sounds dramatic, but I saw what happened to my mother and I saw what happened to my brother when they did not have that close-knit life group around them during this time. And I truly came out stronger because of my community mm -hmm. and, and God. And I agree that I saw that in you and I still do. And I think, um, you know, there's the verse in the Psalms where Moses says, teach us to number our days so that we might gain a heart of wisdom and going through a tragedy myself and experiencing death and loss and just there is there's a hole in the world that nobody can fill um but God does come alongside of us and it's not yes. it's not even that he always um I know we pray for strength it's not even that he always gives us the strength but I think he's the strong one and we sometimes just we just lean on him or he just picks us up. Right. There's a lot of that, at least in my personal us. experience. That's right. Yeah. And I know I'm often reminded um, when those things happen or when tragedies happen in our church, in our community, in our family, just that life isn't forever. Right. But eternity is. And so the only two things that are going to last is God and people, the souls of mankind, and that's it. And, and so I think that... Um, definitely drives a lot of my passion um, just to focus in on what really matters and not to waste our life on meaningless things. And I do it. I waste my life on dumb things a lot just because we get distracted and we're right. human and we're people and we're not called to be perfect, just like we were just talking about. Um, but I do think, don't you think that perspective is such a huge deal? I will never forget sitting in Panera. You and I were having lunch and you said to me, I don't get it. We are all going to die, and we spend our entire life trying to hold it off. And I'm like, what? first of all, I shouldn't be shocked because, yes, I do know that we're all going to die. But we do. We spend so much time getting on the um, Whole30, working out, focusing on everything else, but living in the present and literally taking every day, all we have. every moment, every second, and doing the best that we can with it. Right. Living a, a life that pleases God, an audience of one. Love God, love people. Love God, love people. Kind of like Bob Goff. I know everybody thinks he's crazy. Even but the I creepy really ones. Wish, I, yes. <laughs> I wish he was my uncle. <clears throat> love does. That's what it is. Love does. You love your husband. What are you doing so he knows that you love him? Are you present with him? You love your children. What are you doing? Are you present? 
And it's so good. That is exactly what that is. While we are worried about the end, let's make sure we are living in the moment to make sure that when we get to the end, like Pastor Craig says, I don't want to sit there at the end saying, man, I wish I had done this. I wish I had more time with the kids. There I was. I did that last presentation, but my children don't even remember my name. Mm-hmm. No, that's not what I'm going to say. And with my personality, I'm probably going to make it not able to talk because the Lord's going to take my voice away because <laughs> I love talking so much. But well, and it, I, I think, you know, I was talking to someone this weekend who um, she was a she has a 98 year old grandmother, I believe. Wow. That I know that is in the hospital, and she was just. And I don't, I don't mean this bad. I don't mean this disrespectful. Um, but she wanted to pray for healing. And I think there, and I, I, it's not that I don't believe that God can, but we also have to take a look at how he designed this world. And, and we do live right now in a fallen and broken world. We are not in Eden right now. And right. he will restore things again. But right now, death has a sting, like the song, right. Death Wears Your Sting. I mean, yes, on one hand, Jesus conquered the grave, and we know, we have that hope, and we know that our souls are not, if we believe in Him, are not damned forever. Okay, right. so we know that. But right now, death still stings. It hurts. Yes. And um, it's hard, and even if someone's 100 years old, death is still going to hurt. But I think that we do have to keep that perspective. Right on the forefront of our minds. I mean, I do. Otherwise, I think fear is just, it can overwhelm you. I know I yes. text I text you just a couple weeks ago. There was a um, young family in our community that lost, the, the, the mom died suddenly, totally unexpectedly. Three little bitty girls, a husband. And I just, I just broke for that family. And, I, you know, that fear can start to overwhelm you and paralyze you. Yes. And so even though I know the right answer, it still can. And so I think, um, I think again, having someone that you can reach out to and just really spew the truth all over and remind us just of what this life is really about and what really matters, um, is a huge deal. I think that whenever we are faced with death, it brings everything back and you, you do have to make sure you refocus because, it's so easy to just start going down that, that rabbit hole. You're just, well, right. who's next? Who's, what's it going to be us? Like, what can I do now? Right. And it's just being present moment by moment. Absolutely. I was reading in Luke this week, and I have a friend that just lost her mom this week, and so I actually sent it to her because it had just happened. But um, Luke 20, 37 and 38 says, but now, oh, well, first of all, let me give some background. So, um some people were talking about Jesus about they didn't believe that there would be a resurrection at the end and Jesus was clarifying. So he says, but now as to whether the dead will be raised, even Moses proved this when he wrote about the burning bush long after Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob had died. He referred to the Lord as the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. So he is the God of the living, not the dead, for they are all alive to him. And those words are just so soothing, you know, that those who believe in him are yes. all alive to him. And and that is where we rest our hope, bottom line. Bottom line. Bottom line. Bottom line. I love that. Oh, that was kind of heavy stuff. That was heavy. But 
It was also refreshing. Like, it is. Yes, good reminder. Mm -hmm. Good reminder. Okay, so let's lighten it up a little bit. And Fun. then we'll be done. I want to hear um, what are you reading or watching or listening to right now? So I am in the middle of two books. Yeah. One book is, so I have this whole present over perfect thing together. I'm just present. <laughs> Time to move on. Time to move on. <laughs> so I realize that I'm judging others that are not. And so I'm reading grace.perfection because I need to give everyone else grace. No, um, I need grace on myself because I still find myself frustrated when I make mistakes. So I'm reading Grace Not Perfection by Emily Lay. Mm -hmm. Really good book. That is not a book. She has I some really beautiful planners too, doesn't she? Everything. Yes. Yeah. Everything she does is, sure. Reminds me, and I know you're gonna think I'm crazy. She reminds me of you. You know how, like, you're so creative, even your handwriting. I sit next to you in church and you're taking notes, and I'm like, oh, look at her handwriting. Just no, fabulous. I'm not creative like that. <laughs> and so I'm reading that great book. That's a book where you do have um, questions that she asks within okay. the book. So you would probably want to touch that one, not just have it on Audible. Right. And then my husband and I, every night, we are reading Divine Direction with Pastor Craig. Uh, my husband is really enjoying it because we read it in bed every night. And we're learning together. That's all we're going to say about That's that, I guess, That's all we're right? going to say about that. Divine Direction with Divine Pastor Direction Craig in with, bed. And then I'm listening to a couple of podcasts. I'm listening to Risen Motherhood. Mm -hmm. They're a group of girls. Seem like they would be my besties. They don't know me, but I, I mean, I feel like we're besties. Well, maybe they'll know me through you one day or something, <laughs> but, um, I'm listening to them. So that's what I'm doing now. I love it. That's awesome. I'm listening to, um, and again, I always, I can never decide if I want to get the hard copy of the book or if I want to listen to it on audible, audible. But right now I am reading divine direction by Craig and, um, also nothing to prove by Jenny Allen. And it's, um, the that tagline is good. why, uh, why we can all quit trying so hard, something like that. And it, I feel like that she read my mail like so far. <laughs> I, I do. That. I just feel like she got in my head and it's really good. It's really good. So what are, um, some of your pet peeves? This is a fun question. My pet peeves, it's funny because at first you're thinking, no one can really tell that you have pet peeves or something that that are hidden. <laughs> and so I said, babe, what do you think, when you think of me, like, what is a pet peeve? He nailed it. So clearly I cut up when it happens. So two main pet peeves would be, I'm at an intersection where I'm going into the grocery store and I see you coming and I open up the door for you. And you sashay through that door with your head held high and a strut, and you don't even look my way. If I open the door for you and you don't say thank you, all over me. Like, my day is ruined. I agree. I, I but agree. who does that? So many people. Just so you're really? aware. So many people. But on the flip side. I think I would say you're welcome. Oh, I do. <laughs> and my husband is embarrassed, and that's when his accent comes out. LaTanya, you don't do that for yourself. <laughs> And I'm like, well, I'm not doing it for her either. It's the last time. But you know what's funny? My friends pointed out to me that when someone opens the door for me, I am so happy. I just feel like a princess. I'm like, thank you so, so much. So it's clearly a big deal it's to you. It's a big deal to mm -hmm. me. So if you see me coming, open the door, please. And I if I open it. the door for you, say thank you. Okay. Or I'll, I'll drag you through and stuff. I will. You know what? After we get done here, we might go practice and I will say please thank you. Please do. Just to get on your good side. <laughs> like, whatever. That's the main one. Also, like if in an elevator, 
people come out before you come in. If you step on my stiletto mm, going into the elevator mm-hmm. and I haven't come out, I'll probably push all the buttons <laughs> push all the before buttons. I walk out. You're a mess. I love it. But I, I, I get it because I feel that way. I think I've told you. Um, I feel that way at the gym. Like if there are 10 empty machines all around me and someone comes and gets on the elliptical right next to me, I I don't understand. I do not get it. And used to, you know, I would just push through and just pray and, you know. <laughs> pray. But now I've gotten to the point where I either just leave or I just stop and look at them. Because I don't, I don't, I really don't understand. I don't, I don't get it. I need. I would love to be I a need, fly on the wall. I need um, some grace in that area. I need to learn something, I think, so. Hey, that's what makes us who we, we are. We all have issues. Yep. <laughs> We all have issues. All right. Well, lastly, what is one piece of advice um, that you would give someone who is at their own messy table right now listening to your voice? What is one thing that you would want to tell them today? Exactly what Shauna says. Present over perfect. Focus on that inner circle. Focus on what matters because what you don't realize is today you are making memories for tomorrow. And I would truly hope that you live your life that way. That's so good. Thank you. Hey, thanks for joining me today. Thanks for having me. Being here and braving just this guinea pig spot. This is fun. I love being adventurous with you. I mean, we're definitely like ebony and ivory. That's who we are. Just modern day ebony and ivory. Am I ebony? (laughs) Sure. 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 Why not switch it up? Can I be? Switch it up. People can be anything these days, so switch it up. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, thank you everyone who listened and for joining us today at the messy table.